Hi, welcome to Sweetman Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Simon Sweetman. And uh, this is a conversation with a woman called Delia Shanley. She is a Wellington-based creative producer and musician. Um, she, she does a lot of work with the Wellington City Council. Um, and she's had a, a kind of a running gig, really, uh, involved in, in their gardens magic, putting on their shows at the Botanic Gardens, which is a, a, a flagship event for, for Wellington and it, it attracts... Uh, People from all around the country, and uh, and and there's some international performers occasion occasionally. Um, but obviously, the 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 creme de la creme of local uh, bands have have and artists have played there over the years. Uh, yeah, Delia is a musician herself. She's a drummer, a percussionist, and um, and so we talk a bit about her background, how she got into music, um, and how she made a living out of music for a long time and covers bands, including uh, an interesting story involving uh, well, probably the country's best. Uh, covers band the New Zealand Symphony Orchestra um, so I talk, talk with Delia about all of that um, and she had a long time off playing um, due to um, a stress and an RSI uh, story so there's there's something in that in there and uh, in recent years she's played percussion and drums with her, her partner Darren Watson and also in a, in a couple of bands um, so they're mentioned in the podcast and so yeah there's all of this background about what, what, what Delia does and has done with music and then um, we preview the gardens event which are just starting as you're hearing this in 2019 uh, you'll be able to go to the website I've listed all the details on the notes and and you'll be able to check out um, all the bands that are on but I thought this was quite fun to get a little bit of the behind the scenes to find out some of the the logistics of, of how this is uh, how this uh, events like this or events in general how they're put together and the, the, the things that we don't think about when we turn up to a free event and then maybe write our letter whinging afterwards that it wasn't to our taste, even though it didn't cost us anything. Um, so I really enjoyed talking with Delia. I mean, I've known Delia for a long time, but this is the first time I've sat down and had this sort of conversation with her. So uh, I hope you enjoy this. This is me talking with uh, Delia Shanley. You're one of these people who I've known for a few years and I've known, we've, we've crossed paths in, a, in, in really a variety of different ways, all really related to music and arts. And I know... Um, I've seen you play music and I've seen you act. We've both been at the same shows and rah, 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 all of this sort of stuff. But um, this is the first time we've had a sit down for me to actually really find out how you've got involved in all of that stuff. So I know you're a Wellingtonian through and through. So talk to me about how, I guess, if music was the first thing, um, talk to me about how you found music so growing my, up. Yeah, so my parents were both musicians, full-time professional musicians. Right, well, that's an easy way to find yeah, music. Which yeah. <laughs> um, I actually rebelled against Yeah, I was later. just going to say, how did you avoid it? Uh, <laughs> it's more the question. I started playing music later in the game because I was yeah. kind of rebelling against yeah. that. But growing up, um, my parents were in a hotel chain as a resident band I, oh, yeah. I yeah. think it was like 15 year contract wow. or something yeah, like yeah. that it was, yeah. um, and it was in the days where the resident house band played every different type of music mm. so the, the evening evolved um, you know, starting with classical yeah. then sort of folk music from around the world wow. so they, my dad could play every instrument under the sun and had a little book and he, they would take requests. Where, so, did, where did that come from for your parent? Like, were they, you know, did they, did they find each other through music? Uh, don't think do you know? so. No, my mum, yeah. um, she's an artist. Right. And my dad was just a natural musician as far as I know. Yeah. Um, again, hideously talented, could pick up any instrument and just start mm. playing it. Mm. Um, 
you know, mandolin, accordion and fiddle were his main things. But he would, because they had to play mm. different styles of music, he would make the recorder sound like pan flutes or this or that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's mm. um, back in those days, they worked at the Travelodge, which was kind of the international hotel, so lots of international guests. Mm. And they he would just learn all these different folk tunes and popular tunes from every different country and have that, you know, just a, a melody written out mm. for the most part and then people would request this obscure Japanese folk tune and off they go. They start yeah, playing yeah. it. Wow. And then after dinner it would be dance music, rock and roll and, and that sort of thing. So it's a very versatile So if band. you re if you rebelled against music at, at, in, in any way for a bit do you think that um, that background that your parents had that informed your eclectic music tastes when you when you did embrace it? I mean, be hard not to, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, yeah, they played such a wide variety of stuff, and played with you know things like the Greek band. My mm. dad was a member of the band is called the Greek band. Yeah, uh, used to play all the Greek weddings, and you know. Um, couple of decades later I was in the Greek band so not at the same yeah, time yeah, but yeah, I was yeah. in the same band yeah. so there was Greek folk music and classical music and yeah rock and roll they had to play music that people could dance to is it kind of like a New York law firm that you're I, saying that a family member had to die or move on for another one to come yeah, up yeah pretty, pretty, pretty much pretty <laughs> much um, yes and that was so it was interesting uh, growing up with that music all the time that, yeah. that was around so I just grew up you know playing mm. just naturally oddly enough I didn't get the talent to pick <laughs> up any musical instrument and play it uh, my mother in the band uh, played percussion and sang and I got those genes that's so that's <laughs> so at right. least I got that yeah yeah um but actual notes and harmonies and stuff yeah. even though I have a degree in music and a diploma in jazz music I still can't read music right. and yeah. I can't play chords or yeah. <laughs> yeah. so well, what, I mean I tried what what got you at the drums uh, the fact that your mum was was playing I guess but was there you know was there something else about what you were hearing in the music you listened to that pulled you towards it um Originally, I just did it automatically. So from yeah. the age of two, I yeah. used to pull out the pots and pans, and obviously I was copying mum. Yeah, and I just banged <laughs> yeah, away yeah. on these things. Yeah. Um, later on, yeah, it just seemed the natural thing. And again, I didn't have an affinity mm. to notes; just mm. don't stick in my head, you know. Um, yeah. Rhythm over melody. Yeah, kind I mean, of. I yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's Just weird. in terms it's, of how you translate it. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like I'm dyslexic with actual mm. music. So notes and harmonies and stuff. I don't, I can't predict what's going to come out. Like if I'm singing, mm. I can't predict it. So I don't, <laughs> some people get me to sing in their groups and I say great, <laughs> but disclaimer, I don't know what's going to come out at right. any time. Yeah. So you get what you get. Yeah. Um, the drums, yeah, so I started just copying mum, and then for a few years I, I kind of rebelled, uh, you know, yeah. there was nothing to rebel against because they were both so nice and supportive, mm. but mm. you know, teenagers, well, I'm not going to do that just because they did it, um, and then I, when I went to university, I started quite early, um, about 16, and 
I met John Pasapas up mm-hmm. there. So he's um, so he was my partner for five about five years. Mm-hmm. And one of the first projects he was doing up there was music to a theatre show called Tango's Chilies and Red Red Blood, I think. I think the lead actors were Michael Galvin and Eric Thompson. So before they Mm-mm. they became famous, uh, and it was all Latin music. So John pulled together a Latin band um, and needed a percussionist. And so I had my mum's gear. So I had the maracas, I had the conga, mm. da da da. Mm. Didn't really know what I was doing, but <laughs> I'll give it a go. Um, give it a go. Yeah. So yeah, so that band was formed, and we went on to do some gigs around town. It was Andrew Pass yeah, and. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember yeah. the rest. Um, calling ourselves the guys from Ipanema. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. But, um, so, yeah, so I just started doing that. Yeah. And that led to doing a few gigs. And then again, John was keen to form a jazz band. So he hadn't played jazz before. Yeah. Um, Hadn't studied it or, or, or and hadn't, yeah, hadn't played it a lot. He was a, you know, keyboard player. Yeah, I was just going to ask composer. what his background was. I mean, I, you know, I know who he is, I know his works, yeah. but I know him as a, I guess, famous, fully fledged composer, and I yeah. wondered what his, yeah. yeah, background was in terms of how he got to that piano player primarily. Piano, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, and, and he was always very interested in complex uh, pop music, mm. I guess, so like Toto, mm. um, you know, Peter Gabriel, Kate yeah. Bush, that sort of arranged stuff. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I think it was about 1988, he pulled together and transcribed, you know, that's like super band of people at the time. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, And we covered a whole lot of stuff from, yeah, Toto and... and mm. um, who else? I can't even remember the thing, but it was all that um, yeah, yeah. very arranged stuff, yeah, yeah, and he yeah. was just so keen on it. I see him um, being into like maybe a bit of prog rock and stuff yeah, too, yeah, like yeah. the kind of... Yeah, like intelligent that. prog yeah, rock, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so that was that was interesting, but um, th- so the guys from Ipanema thing, just going back to yeah. the... That led to doing a few gigs, then decided to do jazz, and that was in the 80s when brasseries were just yeah, coming yeah, in, yeah. And, and having, you know, jazz bands and stuff, and somehow we had the opportunity, the, the place in the band rotunda was just opening up um, as, I think it was called The Brasserie, mm. and they were looking for a resident band, so we basically pulled together a band. I hadn't played drum kits beyond, you know, uh, very, a few lessons mm. when I was mm. sort of early teens and stuff. And so I said to John, look, I, give me two weeks, I'll buy a drum kit, I'll have a whack at it, and if I'm good enough, can I audition as <laughs> yeah, part of yeah, the band? Yeah. And I mean, he hadn't done jazz at that stage either. He got a book out from the library of jazz standards that had the solos written out. So, you know, it wasn't, yeah, yeah, it yeah. wasn't you yeah. know, the real book where you yeah. improvise. It was like it was all written out. But that's just because that's what he had learnt so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then I, yeah, bought a drum kit. I think the first song I even learnt was Take 5. I didn't even realise it was in 5-4. I was just <laughs> I was just singing along yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah. You know, I was just copying yeah, yeah. the music. Yeah. And, yeah, by the time, yeah, a couple of weeks... Oh yeah, good enough. 
you know, we were just, yeah. we were all pretty novice. Yeah, yeah, um, just finding in, it. In jazz. As it was happening. Yeah, and we somehow got the gig at the brasserie, and that was a residency for three nights a week for a year and a half. So, basically, I got paid... To get good. Quite well. <laughs> yeah. To play three nights a week. Yeah, and also pay, um, paid fed, to rehearse. drinks... Yeah. yeah, I could yeah. leave my kits set up. Yeah, amazing. You know, it was like, now these are the sorts of, um, uh, this is a, uh, enough of a journey back in time. It's not that long ago, but it's enough of a journey back in time that, like, you know, these are the sort of gigs people would crave now and they, oh, don't, they don't really exist. Absolutely. We didn't know what yeah. we had yeah, back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. We just thought this, this sort of thing will always be here. Yeah. We got paid back more back then. We got more food, more you know, drinks, you know, you didn't have a limit on it or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fee mm. was enough to live on, you know, yeah. playing playing three nights a yeah. week. So you and now, now, you yeah. get paid so much less yeah. than you yeah. ever used to. One beer or something, if yeah. you're lucky, and yeah. no choice on the menu, just like, here's what you're getting. And you... Um, you're just not treated the same no. way from hospitals these no, days. Well, you it's know? Just, and, it's incomparable, really, I yeah. guess, is the yeah, thing. Yeah. It's just the... Yeah. the the whole thing has shifted. Yeah. And it's and it's different. But you, so you rebel against what your parents do and you end up essentially doing a very similar thing. Yeah, <laughs> thing. pretty much. Pretty much. And that, from, from that one it went to, I was, in parallel I was doing um, studies at yeah, yeah. Victorian. I was going to say, so Weird what? compositions, you know, yeah. more, more creative yeah. composition stuff. But to earn my living, yeah, um, yeah resident band yeah. there and then a bit later on, when I was at Polytech doing the jazz course, um, a year residency, three nights a week at the Plaza International. Yeah, yeah. So you're playing and studying. Do you have a do you have a kind of real job idea in mind at any point then, or is that that is the real job? It's working. So yeah, yeah. So oh, like, yeah, totally. You know. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't aiming for anything except yeah, for playing. Yeah. And you had that, so when you had that, you just wanted to keep that going. Yeah. And yeah. And and everyone around me was that's pretty much what they did. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you know, parents had done, and that's what everyone in my circles was doing. To All right. So what? Living. So what changes? How do the wheels fall off that, or or what gets different in it your was, life? Yep. So I went from the jazz scene to the Irish rock scene. Yeah. And, you know, playing lots of Molly's gigs and yep. touring around the country, yep. um, playing Irish rock for hours <laughs> yep. and hours, yeah, going bum-chick, bum-chick, yep. bum-chick yep. to a whole room yep. full of drunk people who don't really care. Yeah. Um, and it was a very tense band that I was in. So so I was working in a few bands. Yeah. So lots of rehearsals and gigs to make a living. I mean, it wasn't... Um, yeah. At, at that stage, it was a bit later, and you had yeah, to take yeah, every yeah. job that yeah. came along to to pay your way. I was in a few bands, but the main one was Irish rock, yeah, um, which is quite physically um, yeah. challenging. Yeah, when you're doing like a four hour gig or something yeah, like that, yeah. it's and, a and workout. It's, yeah, it's yeah. a workout, and and you're playing to people who. Yep. Yeah, there's all sorts of challenges. <laughs> all sorts of challenges. <laughs> yep. Um, and challenges within the band. Yeah, always. So we had a band leader who was a very serious alcoholic and violent with it. Right. So most nights he would down a bottle of vodka before the gig 
and during the event he would be turning around and swearing at us and like at, at various times I was actually scared of him right, quite yeah. scared of okay. him so my playing style changed from so loose and fluid that the sticks always used to fly out yeah, of my hands yeah, because yeah. I was so loose to I was obviously playing very tense and kind of pretending yeah. my snare drum was his face yeah and my body then reacted what my brain should have mm. should have said hey get out of this band but instead it was like this is how I make my living this is what everyone does um so I got RSI very 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 quick onset of it so it went from two it was about two weeks from oh my hands are a bit sore tonight that's mm. that's weird you know two weeks later I couldn't even hold a pen to write charts for someone to replace me I just had to wow. talk them through all wow. songs I couldn't use my hands for anything at all for two months Nothing. I couldn't dress myself. I couldn't cut my food. I couldn't wow. hold a glass. So, so my flatmate um, Lucy Mulgan, awesome bass player, um, she had to do all of that for me. Which I was so lucky. I was living with someone who yeah, yeah. was also my best friend. Yeah. Um, so two months I couldn't use my hands for anything, and I didn't know if wow. that was coming back. Yeah. So like literally disabled completely as far mm. as work goes mm. um yeah two months of that and then slowly it started you know with a lot of um what do you call you know physio, physio exercise, and exercise yeah. and all that sort of jazz yeah. and, and um it was about f nine months before i could use my hands for normal things properly wow. so at that time because that had been Everything I thought mm. I was going to be doing mm. for the rest of my life, I, you know, I hadn't thought about doing anything else. Mm. Suddenly, I can't use my hands, and I also can't play music. So even when they sort of came right for normal things, it, it wasn't wise to get back into playing. So I actually had a hiatus of not playing at all for... Things about 12 or 15 years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but, but in retrospect, it was probably the best thing to happen to me overall because otherwise I would probably still be taking every gig that came along, no matter if I like the music or not. Mm. And and with no certainty. Of no, yeah, yeah, no certainty. Yeah, like, yeah. Can I pay my rent next yeah, week? Yeah. You know, um, so it was actually the best thing that could have yeah. happened, yeah. ultimately. But going through that was hell. Mm. I was so sort of like, what am I going to do? I can't do well, anything. Well, obviously you recover, <clears throat> you know, first of all, you recover your ability to actually... Use hands Use all. hands. <laughs> exactly. So Always you can, good. So you can hold a knife and fork or a glass or a pencil or whatever and dress myself dress yourself and yeah. so so you're, you're coming along <laughs> and then and and i know i'm not trying to make light of this no, but, no, 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 but no. so you have a break for a long long time from playing because and we'll get into this you you, you end up i guess finding taking steps finding steps getting forced into working out how the hell you're gonna work yeah that happens but when do you rediscover 
um, playing? Like, when does that become an option? Do you do you tinker away but just not perform publicly, or do you? I um, literally I not wasn't. play for a decade, and then why is it that you play again? It was. I think it was because so a band that I was in um, at the time, Milk Milk Thistle, which yeah, is yeah. Um, Hamish Graham's songs, which are awesome, and uh, it's a cello, drum, guitar kind of bass thing. And I was in that band and then had to stop playing. And I think I think they approached me or their drummer left, or they wanted to reform, or some, yeah, something yeah, yeah. like that. And I was pretty uncertain. Yeah. Um, but then thought, I'll give it a go. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. And I was just yeah. like, look, I have to take it really easy. I don't know how this is going to go. Um, plus, uh, there was another band, uh, Matt Hay and the Makers as well, mm. Uh, again, you know, really good guys. They needed a drummer. They approached me, and I was just, you know, I'll give it a go. I just can't promise mm. how this is going to go. But, and, um, and I mean, obviously, the the end of the story is that it went okay because you're now doing that. I know. And, and I know. Can, you know, it wasn't you didn't just do it once and got through the gig. You're actually regularly playing with these with these bands and yeah, and and yeah. and, and, Darren and with Darren as well. Yeah. So. But what was it like? You know, what how what steps were involved in terms of how long did it take to feel comfortable? Uh, with probably it? three years, two yeah, or three years, right? Because I didn't know how much personal practice I could mm. do versus, mm. um, you know, rehearsals versus gigs, mm. that sort of thing. Mm. And I just also just constantly listening to my body. How's this going? <laughs> you know, mm. I think I just need to stop about now, or change my technique, mm. or or whatever. So just really taking that seriously. Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, totally tuning in yeah. to to how my body was yeah. feeling. Far out. Yeah. Now there's a step in all of this playing discussion that that we left out that that I think deserves its own space, which is tell me about the the NZSO. Okay, so. The, you know, the, one of one of yeah. the one of the better covers <laughs> bands in the we talk about covers bands. They're one yeah. of the better working covers bands in the country. So yeah. yeah. Well, I've always been pretty, um, I guess, ambitious and cheek, cheeky and stuff. Mm. And I really wanted the experience of auditioning for the NZD. So yeah. for some reason, I was contacted to audition as a casual percussionist for the NZSO and um, the audition process is they have screens up so they can't see who's auditioning they have seven section leaders listening to you I don't, I don't know if it's exactly the same yeah, yeah, now but I yeah, think it is yeah um, I'm sure it's yeah yeah actually similar. just an interesting point yeah. before that process came in around the world a lot of orchestras were mainly male, mm. and then as soon as that process changed, right, yeah, the wow, um, the proportion of women yeah, versus changed. male, and and they would do things like put carpet down so you couldn't mm. even hear if they were wearing heels high heels or, or yeah, whatever. Wow, yeah. So just a, that's just yeah, an interesting yeah, yeah. fact, but um, yeah. yeah. So I came in, you know, it was already at that stage, and I had played, I think, a few times with the university orchestra yeah. to kind of help out. The interesting thing being that I still couldn't read music. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, by sight. I can yeah, yeah, follow music. Yeah, I can. Yeah. I. I did. You understand it. I understand yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I can painstakingly yes. write it down. Yeah. It's a bit different I to be in to, the moment reading a chart. I, it's yeah. not like reading yeah. a book, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like I look at it and I have no idea what that's saying. Uh-huh. And part of the audition is normally sight reading. I, I just wanted the experience. Mm. So I, I um, got all the audition, audition pieces. I went down to the library um, and got out all the it was records at the time, final, mm. um, of all the pieces that that they were mm. so they had excerpts and things and what you do on the audition thing is you you know you play the crash symbol part or whatever mm-hmm. but the rest of it's all silent you know so, mm-hmm. so it's in your head in anyway um i got all of those out and i memorized them and learnt by just playing along xylophone piece snare drum piece crash symbols um, yeah. like you know all sorts of things Probably, I couldn't yeah. really play yeah and I just tried to make the instruments sound like what was on the recording yeah yeah so I did the audition and some reason they didn't give me any sight reading because that would have been the end <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. would have been over over and then I got a job offer you know they rang me up do you want the casual percussion and it was quite interesting the people I was up against mm. who didn't get the gig which should have got the gig um but I was just cheeky and I was like oh you know I want this experience mm. and I said yes and the first first gig was a month-long tour with the Royal New Zealand Ballet playing Prokofiev's Cinderella mm. so it was awesome piece of music and it was the same piece of music night after night after night so I did the same thing. I got the music, but then I went down to the library and got the piece out and yeah. lent it all. Yeah. And then there was another couple of concerts. You know, that all went the same way. You know, it was at, at the Michael Fowler Centre and stuff. And then one concert, I'm walking on to go on stage to play, and they handed me this piece of music. I was like, what's, what's this? <laughs> what's this? Oh, that's the encore. What encore? <laughs> oh, it's okay. You're just on bass drum. It's okay. <laughs> Good. I'm just on bass drum. And I couldn't even, at that stage, um, I couldn't even really follow what my conductor was doing because there's a, I play by ear, and yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's actually a sight yeah. um, hearing lag when you're playing at the back of the orchestra. So you actually have to yes. play, yeah. you know, on their visual cue versus what you hear if you play the triangle or whatever mm-hmm. um once you hear when to play it you're too late which mm. i couldn't do either. um anyway so i walked on stage and got through the concert and then played the encore adding the bass drum where i thought it should go <laughs> <laughs> so in other words Remixing slash Remix. re- rewriting, Remix. Re- <laughs> rewriting Remix classical music. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then they didn't call me. I didn't call them. <laughs> it's just like it's sort of like we never what, speak of it. As again. you were telling that story, I was I was going to say this is starting to feel a little bit like you know when you get to the encore, but it's like 
this is a little bit like someone's, you know, went to school and then realised they were naked dream. Yeah, like it's, totally. <laughs> it's a That's version exactly, of that, isn't it? Exactly, but it happens. Wow. Yeah. Still, it's on the CV, it's documented. It's, absolutely. You, yeah, it's amazing. Than, it was a few gigs. And I, and I completely and utterly understand that. I used to go and watch, I still go and watch orchestras, but I used to go and watch them and I used to think, um, oh, why are the percussionists reading music? You know, like you shouldn't have rhythmic music notated. I used to really believe that. And I guess mm. on some level I still do. I I don't now in terms of I've watched enough orchestral works to see ex- and hear exactly how it works and understand why it works and how it is a different form. But in my naive and idealistic head as a very similar story, self largely self-taught drummer and percussionist I playing in bands I thought I never wanted to play in the orchestra by the way I didn't think that I could <laughs> remix the bass drum part <laughs> I, never I wasn't thinking I, could. I wasn't thinking <laughs> that that but I did yeah. I remember having those exact thoughts and from school age right through like from going and being taken to see probably the NZSO at some point actually and, and at school and because they would do those school concert tours and stuff to local orchestras everything yeah I always had that thought so I do understand that <laughs> I do understand where you're coming yeah. from with and, that and the other thing um, in the orchestra you're not supposed to move while you play mm. so that I found extremely hard because mm. you, you know you sort of want to tap your foot or yeah, groove yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah. if you're about to you know if you're waiting 52 bars and then you have to come in yes. right on the beat you kind of need to yeah, be in the groove yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I do yeah yeah I do. no 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 again I, I totally but again I didn't fit in because you mm. just have to not be distracting and you know every the, the appearance of the orchestra you can't do that yeah you know it just doesn't fit in you're coming from a background of i guess playing all sorts of different things but also just in terms of what we've discussed you're playing jazz you're playing greek music you're playing irish music in a a rhythm component and a job you know playing rhythm it's impossible to sit and I've, I've, (laughs) i've i've played those styles of music a little bit all of them it's impossible to sit and clinically wait for your bit or just mechanically play your bit and not feel it and be involved in it so yeah, you're, yeah. you're fighting that urge anyway oh, absolutely yeah so, you're fighting that instinct that you, that's been you know yeah um created and 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 through through the amount of playing you've done yeah. in, that, in that regard amazing so let's talk about how you get involved in i guess the council and and outside and around that, I guess the main thing we want to talk about is, is sort of event management, um, putting gigs on, being involved in in a more behind the scenes capacity because you're you're now still playing, you're doing gigs as we say you've you've recovered. Yeah. So your, just as a hobby. Yeah. And just yeah. Yeah. But that's right. Taking yeah, it easy. So that's right. So if you suddenly felt the RSI coming back or just felt like you didn't want to take a gig or do a gig you have that luxury that yeah. it's not you're yeah. not trying to do that to be famous or yeah. rich yeah which is good because it's bloody hard to, to, to do that right yeah. but yeah. you've you're still very much involved in i guess music and the arts um in a way that a lot of people don't come to understand or appreciate fully so i thought it'd be cool to talk about that yeah where would you like me where do you to think start? how do you want to get into it um well just a i guess a quick history yeah of the process yeah so i i um after the rsi i 
um, I did a radio broadcast um, training course. That was about nine months. So that was when I could just start using my hands. Yeah. So that, but I did it less to be um, on air, you know, as as a announcer, and more for the production kind of thing. I was very yeah. interested in how that all happened, and also interestingly enough, the sales part of that. Mm. So, you know, copywriting and ads and, and all of that sort of marketing stuff. Mm. So it was more that production side that I was interested in. Um, before I even finished the course, I there was the Composing Women's Festival. Um, the first one, somehow I saw the proposed program quite early and I saw there wasn't an emerging um, composers concert and I asked them why and they said well we just you know we can't do everything do you want to do that mm. I was like do you have any resources and they said we have 100 bucks for photocopying <laughs> <laughs> but I just you know I was determined to do it so I um, I think I organised Capital Discovery Place which is what it was at the time or, or mm. um, as the venue, and I begged, borrowed, stole, uh, you know, PA and stuff, and created this whole concert um, of emerging women um, composers mm. on 100 bucks. And yeah, that was a cool experience. Yeah. I re really liked that. It went really well. And then, just as I was finishing the radio course, the uh, Elizabeth Kerr, who was she was on the the chair of the board perhaps, or, or I can't remember the exact arrangement, but she was um, one of the key people in the festival. She approached me and said, hey, how would you like to manage the whole festival this time? So she'd seen me, all, all she'd seen me do was that one concert. Mm. She had, um, she was one of my tutors up at Vic for a bit, um, but she had absolute faith that I could do this whole crazy massive one week long festival with everything from a uh, you know a orchestral concert to a rock concert you know Jan Helregel and mm. one and the Ma Hunters mm. and you know so it was all the top names and, yeah. and top you know um totally cross genre mm. as well um, mm. we, we did uh, Anaya Lockwood's Piano Burning which was really awesome mm. um but she just had total faith in that I could do it. I hadn't done anything like that before. I'd only organised this one gig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, I just, you know, <laughs> I want this experience. This sounds great. Yeah. Someone has faith in me. Yeah. Um, okay. And then just dove into doing that. Mm. It was at the Michael Fowler Centre in Town Hall. Um, and, yeah, so it was massive undertaking including you know directing all the marketing and and all that sort of stuff mm. I hadn't done any of it before mm. just learnt by doing it and I think I pulled it off okay yeah. <laughs> it was it was interesting yeah. um after that the festival of the arts approached me to be their technical administrator for a year their person so this was yeah the international festival mm. of the arts um, and the job at that time included being the PA to the technical director and the production managers, coordinating all the vehicles, um, coordinating all the tech specs for, I think it was about like 200, uh, mm, you know, mm. different sorts of shows and venues all over town and all that sort of stuff. So 
I just dove into that. That was before um, computers. Yeah. That was only yeah. just as computers were coming in. Yeah, yeah. I, most of it was clipboards. I had this massive <laughs> system on the wall. Yeah. And each each gig had its own clipboard because it was all faxes and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. So, you know, I'd be sitting there, I'd be answering the landline, and with the other hand I'd be sort of grabbing the relevant clipboard <laughs> yeah, off yeah. the thing. And I had to bring in my own Apple little Apple computer because yeah. they'd only gave me a word processor that was all they had <laughs> so it was just I have no idea how I did it but um, again it was a massive experience mm. and I don't think I sucked um, directly after that the festival and convention centre, the Michael Fowler Centre mm. Town Hall mm. um, so with both of those gigs I was their client um, you know, for composing yeah, women's yeah. and the festival, they needed a sales rep, and I think the words they said were, um, both times we've ended up paying to do your gigs because you've talked us into it. We want you on our side, <laughs> <laughs> so people don't do yeah, that. Yeah. Um, which you know, uh, which was good. <laughs> so my job was to get business yeah, in, yeah. Um, and you know everything from conferences and stuff, which obviously made the money. Yeah, yeah. But um, also helping arts events and community events do. So it. that's that's an example, and I guess lots of people's jobs are like this. But that's an example where the the boring stuff is the important stuff because it allows you to. Take the, take the chance and subsidise the, the fun the fun stuff. Yeah, 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 effectively. The, the, yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it, it was my first job at Wellington City Council mm -hmm. um, because it was part of Wellington City Council mm. at the time. And yeah, so it was it wasn't quite didn't quite have the same directive of of having to cover or, or make up such a profit or, or whatever um, as it might these days um, it's not part of Wellington City Council anymore but um, yeah in those days there was a very strong mandate to you know just ensure yeah. community events and, and arts um, were able to do stuff like in the town hall yeah, yeah. you know the um, where uh, you know where other places are there apart mm. from the town hall that is the heart mm. of the city. Like, I was so glad when it didn't get pulled down. I, I know lots of money's gone into it and stuff, but it's also um, where, you know, years and years and years and years yeah. of important public yeah. meetings and rallies and protests and concerts and yeah. boxing matches. So, like, you know, it's like blood, sweat, tears of the town totally. in that yeah. building. Yeah. You know, I felt so privileged to be part of that. Mm. You know, just, just helping people be able to, you know, the, the latest, yeah. you know, kids coming through and, and having their school concert there or whatever mm. because that's where... You know, ancestors since I think it was 1904 or mm, something. Mm, you know, that's mm. you know, it was sort of living yeah, history. Totally. Yeah. You know, um, and I guess that's how I yeah, that was my first council job. I went off overseas um, for a bit. I came back and just by coincidence, the only sort of sexy job going on in town was events coordinator for Wellington City Council. I hadn't actually had much to do with them before because they 
yeah. free outdoor gigs, so not in the town hall and, and, and stuff. So um, I took that job, started in November 1999, and part of, you know, the, the first sort of gig that we did was the Millennium Celebration. Mm, so mm. I, you know, I came in, you know, it was already sort of in place, but delivering that was was pretty massive. So it was yeah. um, multi-stages along the waterfront. A whole different level of computer stress around that. Or yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 that was, yeah. Completely unfounded. But I know, I know. All of those sort of things were yeah. like, what's, what's going to yeah. happen, you know, yeah. and, and trying to anticipate is anything yes. going to come a... <laughs> what's going to fall from the what's sky? What's going to fall? What's going to fall? <laughs> yeah. Um, but that included stuff like the, the Inter-Island Ferry was, um, had an artwork of a tanifa on mm. it, and, you know, mm. that came in at dawn, I think. So it was this massive event. Mm. Um, awesome to be part of. And um, it, I was there for five years, the first time around at council, doing Gardens Magic, which is the... The, sort of the icon summer city event. Yeah. Um, back in those days, I summer city was more of a festival that was run by the council. Most events produced by the council or um, had quite a connected hand into. So it was it was like running a, a festival within and then other gigs during the year. Mm. Um, it's slightly different these days. Uh, events that I co-founded. There, there was the Diwali. Um, civic event mm. that, that is still going to this yeah, day. Yeah. Um, the I was on the Asian Events Trust, and we started the big Civic Chinese New Year celebrations. Um, we used to have a thing called Ring of Fire. Uh, I used to do lots of solstice gigs, and I started the big Halloween mm. uh, for kids. Um, I added. I used to do the New Year's Eve gigs and added a kids countdown to nine mm, o'clock because mm. you know I saw all these fam- poor families yeah, yeah. you know the first first year or so it was like oh man that they either go early and look disappointed or um, mm. their kids are just having a meltdown yeah 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 so I created the um, countdown to nine o'clock <laughs> and you know so it was like awesome young kids stuff like that and then mm. and then you also separate them from the cilia elements yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that can yeah. come in a wee bit later. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, after five years, um, moved on. Again, I was shoulder-tapped. Um, I had sort of worked with them a bit. Um, Film Wellington mm-hmm. was part of the Economic Development Agency. At the time, it was called Positively Wellington Business. It's been f- f- yeah. through a few yeah. iterations. Again, it was a public servant job. Mm in the arts, so helping creative people, giving them a platform, um, giving them an help, support to realise their stuff. So that job was, and I was there about eight and a half years overall, and I worked my way up to managing it, that was to attract international business and, and you know, to all the wide variety mm. of production, film production stuff. Um, and the bit that I liked the most was helping them to um, sort out their film permissions, um, you know, to to do stuff on public land. Yeah. Because so, it was kind of like, oh, my goodness, they want to film this next week in the street, you know, and yeah. there's all these stakeholders, rah, rah, rah. So I, I – and that was on behalf of eight different councils, mm. which was – it was a very – 
interesting job that was effectively mediating. So the filmmaker would ask, I want to do this, 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 this and this. The council would go, um, either we need <laughs> yeah. this information or da 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 or you know, yeah, there's you these restrictions yep, in, in yep. the district plan or whatever. And then there's the pu- affected public and businesses. Mm. So it was, it was an interesting position that had to be done quickly. Like um, filmmakers don't often even have a location manager that starts till you know the week out mm. before, depending on what the what the gig is. Mm. So it's it was working with people in council who sit there all day every day and they have all the information they have forms they have processes for good reasons they couldn't quite understand why it was all last minute it's like there's no one in that position Mm. necessarily till the week before Mm. because they're not an ongoing business they pull together contractors and off they go so i was constantly um the councils always saw me as the filmmaker's mouthpiece (laughs) The, the um, filmmakers saw me as the council's mouthpiece, yeah, yeah. the public and businesses um, saw me as the filmmakers, mm. you, you know, uh, in council, and they mm. didn't necessarily always gel. So, yeah, it was a three-way mediation job more than anything, and super speedy, and all kinds of crazy, wacky places and, uh, mm. uh, and stuff, but we got a lot done. I, I remember... Um, so one inquiry was someone rang up and said, oh, I don't suppose you know if there's a fake grand piano that we can hang underneath a helicopter. By chance, I knew where there was two, and they had two different colours. So I was like, <laughs> which colour yeah, would you like? Which colour would That was a good one. And oh, another one, there was, I think it was a film student or a you know, emerging mm. filmmaker rang up. He goes, "I know your answer is going to be no, but yeah. um, we really need to get a shot of a car being set on fire, exploding." And I thought, oh, yeah, give me, give me a second. You know, um, I'll get back to you. And um, there was this awesome. Um, I don't know his exact title. He looked after all the fire stuff for yeah. Wellington City Council, Jock Dara, and. Um, had a quick chat with him. He goes, oh, that'll be a cool um, training exercise for our volunteers, blah, mm. blah, blah. Um, here's a good spot we can do it in, and da, 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 da. And here's how we can do it. And no, no, it's not going to cost them anything. That'll mm. be, you know, just, you know, that'll be um, good for us to do mm. as well. So, you know, I was able to go back to this uh, emerging filmmaker who thought they had no hope of, yeah, of doing yeah. it at all. And it's like, yeah, you know, sort it out. Um, you know, when do you want to do it? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I just, I loved um, knowing all of the people around town who were helpful and mm. had, you know, just had the right attitude. Um, just, you know, get on with finding a solution versus reasons not to or mm. whatever, mm. Um, which is actually what makes a film-friendly city or not. It's the, yeah, pe- yeah. It's the people, yeah. it's, and it doesn't need to have been done before. You just need the people whose responsibility it is to have the right attitude. And you know, luckily there were a lot of people in the key positions. Mm. And there still are. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And so now you're back at the council and, you're do- and you've got 
right around the time people hear this is this flagship event you were talking about which is the I, I refer to them like a lot of people do as the botanic garden gigs or the you know the shows at the botanics but um that that, that's been going for how long now the gardened magic shows i actually can't remember the first years ages yeah yeah, yeah. it might be coming up on 30 years yeah yeah i actually need to do my homework on that um no well it's like i just think they've been going the whole time i've lived here yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. well some some are city overall yeah um that started in the botanic garden more in the dell Mm. um that started um, 40 years ago this summer. Yeah, right. So, the so it's the 40th anniversary of that. Of Summer City. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And Gardens came you know, a wee bit later, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's basically been the flagship. That's it right. still is the flagship yeah, yeah. event. It's a crucial it's, component of it, yeah. Yeah, it's three weeks of concerts mm. at the Botanic Garden. These concerts don't cost anything. No, no. And no. Um, they have, you've had some of, you know, some of the big name players in the in the country and the city over the years have played there they've had um things like you know when they've been at their biggest things like fly my pretties and wellington's ukulele orchestra um all Fl- sorts flight of the concord just Con- as they were <laughs> yeah just um, as they're really taking yeah, off <laughs> yeah yeah um, yeah i remember having a frank discussion about if they were going to use the word mm. um motherfucker and um <laughs> They did, <laughs> but you know, and and you know, there's a, there's a point of you just have to yeah. um, trust that the artist yeah is thinking of the yeah you know, understanding the young, that the, the young kids is, yes, and yes, can I get away with this slash is this should the I right? yes should I? <laughs> exactly there, yeah, there yeah. was a, there was an act in recent years that you know we had the conversation before I booked them mm. you know can you do you know, some of your lyrics are a bit, you know, mm. edgy and stuff. It's it's not a, a ticketed gig. It's not a R18 gig. It's yeah. like anyone, little Johnny, yeah. Yeah, and with grandma, you know, they're, they're going to be there. How do you feel about yeah. that? I don't want to book you if you would feel compromised by, yeah. Um, but some of those lyrics aren't going to be appropriate. Yeah. So I had the conversation up ahead of time and then on the day, even at Soundcheck, they're, you know, swearing left, right and centre right. and stuff like that. And again, I brought it up and they just went ahead and did that. Were, it, they, were they booked again? Well, <laughs> I would never book them again. <laughs> you know, if you have the frank yeah. conversation yeah. before you even book them, yeah. um, that should yeah. be honoured I now think and I don't think it's unreasonable for me to ask because yeah. I am responsible it's public money yeah. it's public ears of all sorts yeah. and I, you know there's artistic no, I mean, integrity but if anyone was concerned around the idea that oh you know I shouldn't take my young kid to on the night just in case it's not right one of the things that they've always done well is have like a family day family events on like quite often on Saturdays in the morning afternoon there'll be like a or, or you know earlier in the evening there's always at least one yeah you know, I mean I, I always try to make sure it's, it's pretty family yeah that's right but what I mean is there's friendly. one that for, for want of kids, a term you'd magic. call it yeah, 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 yeah you'd call it children's music and children's yeah. activities yeah and yeah. it's um and it's a dedicated you know I know this from just the last yeah. few years of my life you yeah. know I yeah. wouldn't have cared about it before that but it's very good as well like it's yeah. a really uh, great component yeah yeah, and um, this year 
it's, so it's called Kids Magic yeah, in yeah, the Dell. So yeah. it's not in the Central, but it's close by. Yeah. Um, and this year it's on the 26th of yeah, January. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, it's shaping up to be pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, so getting into that job, yeah. just, just to rewind yeah. a wee bit, um, the, someone left about three years ago, someone left pretty quickly, um, unexpectedly, who was doing the job. So it was events coordinator at yeah. the time. And they got me into fill-in because I'd done the job. Yeah, so yeah, they just yeah. rang me up, do you, you know, we need the Sky Show doing, which was the big Harbour Fireworks and Gardens Magic. Yeah. Um, and I, it was, I think it was like September or something. So Sky Show was in no, early November and then Gardens kicked off. Mm. Um, so I went back never thinking... <laughs> I would, you know, I thought you know, I'll just fill in, yeah, fine. But you know, I left that job, and then I just loved being back there so much. Mm. It was so cool. The team is so awesome. Um, real doers, very creative, very ambitious. Um, spends heaps of time making sure things are really good, mm. and and by ambitious, I mean. Uh, not content for events to just kick along year after year without being refreshed or or adding events. Mm. We've added a lot this year, uh, over the last three years, mm. um, because not a lot of new ones had been added. So, um, yeah, so filled in, I love being back, so I threw my hat in the ring for my old job and got it. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, we have added, like this year, Ahika, uh, moving the Sky Show to Matariki. We had talked about a lot of Matariki and stuff, you know, back in the earlier time, but the political climate, the um, no one was really as aware, mm, you know, mm, and so mm. it's like years later and finally, <laughs> you know, we've yep. got traction and we were able to, to do that, but... Um, which I'm glad of. So, so the team is basically the same number of people, but we're just yeah. the stuff needs doing. We yeah, need to yeah. light a fire, you yeah. know, new stuff, you know, and cross art forms and, and things like that. So that's what excited me. Yeah. It's like the the vision of the team when I first came back was these events like Gardens Magic. We don't need a change. That's awesome. It's working well. It's yeah. Just making sure that every year there's a good wide yeah, selection of stuff. You don't repeat it's yourself, or that, it, or that if you do, it's for the right reasons. Yeah. You know, you can yeah. bring an act back because that they're good and they appeal and they yeah. do something a bit different. But generally, you don't really repeat yourselves with it. Well, we've got hundreds of applications. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred and lots of them are good. Mm. And so I try not to repeat. Um, within three years, yeah, because yeah. it's only eighteen nights. Yeah, um, and so yeah, as you say, you get more than enough, on paper. You've got more than enough for the whole year. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, and interestingly enough, I, I do use those applications. Yeah. If something comes up and and they're awesome, but I can't fit them into gardens, I'll ring them up. You know, it's like um, you're on the they're, they're, you're on the safety. You know, you're on yeah. the shortlist for next yep. time or whatever. Yep. And, yeah, and yeah. recommending yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, like there are certain bands that don't suit gardens. Yes, we would be shut down by the noise because yeah, yeah. they, not because we've to, you know turned the sound yeah. system down. It's just they hit and play so hard. Yeah, the neighbours would become understandably upset. Yeah, now, we have a concert in their backyard for three weeks every night, <laughs> and our relationship is 
um, good. Yes. <laughs> Just. But I was going to say, <laughs> I, has so, the potential to always be wobbly, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 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 So and there's a lot of logistics because you, you're battling the weather. Yeah. You know, you have yeah, rain yeah. days and stuff. You're battling the weather. You're battling. I used to live very close to the gardens and it never bothered us. Uh, you know, you, really, we lived really close and um, it was either quite pleasant to think of people <laughs> enjoying themselves or you just did not notice it. Yeah. Like it was, yeah. or you were over there yourself, you know, at it. Like it just didn't, I really, but then I recognise some people are different with their oh, ab- levels of what they and appreciate with noise. But and it's three weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every yeah. night. Yeah. So I, um, I work very closely with our noise control people. The sound guys are just awesome. You know, we actually mm. take sound readings three or four times mm-hmm. at, at all of the, you know, key places every mm. night. Mm. Um, some, you know, sometimes we get complaints that it's not loud enough, but I will say to those people, well, it's, you can move closer to the sound <laughs> yeah, system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, you know, down the end of the thing, you know, some people actually are there for a picnic and to socialise a wee bit. Yeah. It's not a rock concert, you know. Yeah, it's not a requirement um, that people be quiet and pay absolute attention because they haven't paid to go in. Yeah, yeah. And, but it's space. also inappropriate to, to have it yes. so loud that no one down the back can yeah, talk. Yeah, so, and, and it's plenty loud enough if you're right. You know, if you're yeah. at the front, the first half of the lawn, um, yes, that's an immersive sound experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so people are most welcome to move there. There's never, it's never impossible to squeeze in there if you're absolutely mm. determined mm. to do that. Mm. So, uh, you know, people who, that's a balance as well. Yeah, so, sort of like, yeah. I get a lot of comments and you just balance. Um, and, and often I am the one saying, turn it up. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, if I think um, uh, it's not quite immersive enough, yeah. Um, but I have to have what, to look after the neighbours as well. What um, can people do um, in a band or with a musical act? What can they do to try and get themselves on that stage? Like all I want is yeah. live video. Yeah. Live performance video. Yeah. So they can talk to the blue in the face and send all this flash marketing stuff. Yeah. The only thing I actually judge it on is live music okay. video. So they don't have to have 10,000 Facebook likes and no. all of that sort no. of junk no, no, that no, no, people no. get into now too. Absolutely not. I, I they just need love... To be, they just need to be good and have evidence of yeah. it, is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Simple. What, what, and obviously, as, as you say, you're not going to book like a kick-ass death metal band because it's not going to work no i'm still interested to hear their stuff sure. though um like there's there's probably about almost 10 awesome hard rock bands mm. that applied for gardens that i just can't, can't program them. there yeah, yeah but at the back of my mind i'm going yeah how can, we can use them? <laughs> i create a new yeah. event where can i get the resources yeah. to do Something in the middle of the city, urban, and we just play it. It's it's yeah. all about playing loud. Yeah. So it's not on. Hasn't fallen out of my head. Yeah. Um, they're awesome at what they do. It's just not appropriate for that gig. Mm. So I will be. I promise. Within the next <laughs> couple of years, I'll have figured out yeah. how we can do just a really loud gig yeah. for all of those acts that totally deserve. A platform it just yeah. doesn't exist at the moment, and we don't have any cream in our budget to 
trim out of existing events. Yeah, yeah. But one way or another, I'm determined to somehow f- create yeah. it and pull yeah. the resources together. Yeah. Because it's, it's a s- part of Wellington's music scene. Mm. Totally awesome bands. And we just don't have a, a platform at the moment. Yeah, yeah. You uh, say you say in the next couple of years. What what's? How long do you imagine yourself doing this? And and what um, you know what continued relevancy can you, can a, can any one person have being the person that judges and chooses musical acts for something like do you you know is that a consideration like um, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm getting too old for this or too you know like to, I'm too specific in my tastes or. Well, because we I'd can all we can all claim to have yeah. uh, you know broad tastes, but I, do you? you know? I, I literally try and imagine myself as different people, different mm-hmm. ratepayers, mm-hmm. going to these events. So I, when I'm looking at the, you know, the options to program, I will be imagining I'm a seventy-year-old person in Karori and. Um, I'll have to get there on the bus and you know I, I actually yeah, yeah. visualize what's their experience yeah, yeah. are they bringing their grandkids that sort of thing what sort of music do they like um, and I try you know I look at the program and it's like once a week or at least yeah. once in the whole program there is a night for me I, I don't know how many mm. programmers actually do that mm-hmm. so I mean I'm not programming for my specific taste even like I have a wide taste but a lot of what I program I would never go to yeah but I know people do I know that enjoy it we have some excellent artists who deliver that Mm. um I mean I think one of my the things I bring to the job is the determination to try and uh, make sure it is programmed for a Mm-hmm. A wide variety of ratepayers. Mm. I always like. I feel like a really good skill to have. It's not crucial. It's not you know a deal breaker, but one that you have with regard to this job, and and I think it is important. Is you actually have some first hand knowledge of what it's like to succeed or fail, I guess, on the stage. Yeah. And that's really, I you know, I think that's really key, right? Like I've had that levelled at me as a music reviewer before, and it's like, well, I do actually, I have actually played music. Yeah. You know, you know, I didn't, I didn't fail at it and then become a reviewer. That's a separate thing, but at least I do know what it's like to lift gear upstairs, to, yeah. you know, be excited to play to be let down that it didn't go well. I, I do understand some of those feelings, and I think, um, particularly with the role you're talking about for you, that's really important. You have, yeah. you have an empathy. Yeah, and, yeah, so again, when I'm organising all the logistics, mm. I seriously tried to visualise mm. I'm that performer arriving that day. What do I need to know? You know, yeah, where am I going to park? Who am I going to talk to? Do I, you know, it's all, all this yeah, information. And, that, and you and you you're imagining it with, you know, the fact that you have actually gone through it. Yeah, like you've yeah. pack, you've done pack downs and yeah. travelling yep. and you know, <laughs> yeah. actual playing and and, and, and in different yeah. um, types of bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, again, yeah. there's yeah. the um, there's the you know straight out rock band yeah. type situation, yeah. but then you've got the more the classical things and yeah. and what is there. Um, different mm-hmm. sort of needs, you know. Often they will require sconces, you know, mm. lights for their music stands, yep. um, you know, all of that sort of thing, which uh, you know they may expect you're providing. And yeah, yeah, yeah. so yep. I have 
all of that. I'll just check if they are bringing them or they're expecting yeah, yeah, them. Yeah. Um, and also I've done a bit of technical production yeah. as well. So, you know, I've done lighting operation and stuff, you know, to, yeah, to yeah. a smaller yeah. level. Yeah, but it's but still, again, I'm still, it's like, still an understanding the, of... What are the techs yeah. need? Um, they all need a car park. Oh, totally. You know, um, yeah, yeah. so I think, yeah, the, the mix of having played within yeah. a, a wide variety of stuff yeah. um, and yeah, kind of being in all of those roles at one point yeah, yeah, or yeah. the other does help. Yeah, totally. I quite often at weddings, I quite often go over to the band or the DJ and have a little chat to them because I've been a DJ and a wedding and, and, and a wedding band player and I have been treated really well and I have been completely ignored <laughs> and just about abused as yeah. for being in the way as part of a band um, so you know if I feel comfortable when it happens I'll try and go over and have a little bit of a chat to them just to say I know what this is like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean we, ne- we, we don't have enough resources to do it as well as mm. luxuriously as you know, even including time resources and stuff. Mm. Um, but I do try and give them all information. It's often information mm. is makes an experience uh, good or bad mm. because if you're wandering around, you, you your band members are asking you things you don't know or whatever. So I, I try and make a very robust because I can, you know there's 18 concerts. Some of the multi-act nights. Yeah, yeah. Um, the amount of time I have to spend with each act is, is pretty minimal. You know, once the series mm. gets rolling, but trying to give them information that is easily they can forward on to all their band members, so mm. they don't have to write it up or or whatever. Um, I, I wish I did have more resources to give them yeah. even more love and time, but yeah, yeah. it's been you know the sole. Have there kind been organizer of eighteen yeah, nights yeah. in a row? You know, you you're dealing with the one in front of you. There might be a bit of stuff from last night that's um, caused an issue or whatever, and you're on the phone to next night's one going, So you're set, you've got your staff, you know. <laughs> do you need a um do you need to have a break after eighteen nights of shows happening and all the stuff that's gone on for you in the lead up to it, do you is it one of those sort of situations like other programmers and directors of festivals and things where you need a couple of days off if or more? If you don't take it, I think you're not very wise. Yeah. You may not even feel like it. You might be still yeah. amped or yeah, you yeah, yeah. still feel like you can keep going. Yeah. But um, like for gardens, this will be my 10th or 11th time doing it yeah. um, overall. And if you don't allow yourself to a shut down bit of calm time, down. yeah um you will regret it later everyone will regret it yeah, later yeah, yeah you know um <laughs> it's and that's just one of the things yeah. as you get older it's like ah yeah. oh, i get it now when you're young you think you're sort of oh, i yeah, can keep yeah. going or i should keep going and actually no you yeah, should yeah. recover yeah and then everyone has a much better experience because yeah, <laughs> you've got yeah. the energy you're refreshed again yeah um I, I don't immediately take a break because there's all the wrap up yeah it's yeah, everyone yeah. being paid on time and you know yeah, reports and, 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 and or whatever you know yeah, yeah. A wee bit, at least yeah. it's a sponsor or yeah, report yeah. or something yeah. but um but it's more the yeah, especially payments, which yeah. takes quite a while often yeah. for all of those 
different contractors yeah, yeah. And, and everything and returning things and yeah, yeah. getting the venue back to the state that it <laughs> that it was when you, you know. and these are all the things that people don't think about when they go along and go oh I went and saw that band and it wasn't to my taste I didn't you know I didn't pay anything <laughs> and um, and and you know two thousand people really loved it. But uh, you know, I didn't. It wasn't for me, and they never think of all of the things that are going on around that that have happened to make it happen, and that have to happen afterwards. Yeah, and and I, as much as possible, try to communicate what style of it is. Mm, mm. Um, in the old days, you only could really sort of put that in print. Um, yeah. These days, at least, people can if. Go on the web and yeah, check, the, check the, the video, act out. The video that you've seen that's yeah. won you over, you can supply that for people or some version of that, or they yeah. can find it themselves yeah, anyway. Yeah. Or just, you know, yeah. Facebook page and, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but it is, uh, I, I think, important to clearly say this is, <coughs> you know, um, Americana. This is you know, sure. so to, to yeah, at least enough sort of, of a guide so that the person that's going along hoping to hear jazz yeah. might not be entirely the jazz that they have an idea of, but it's hopefully going to be pretty close. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. Because yeah. that's about all you can really hope yeah. for. You're yeah. like, I've and and jazz is a funny one. You'll go to, I mean, I mean, go to jazz gigs at the arts festival and you see people that you know. I remember going to Don Byron and people walking out left, right, and centre because they're like expecting it to be trad jazz or something because he played the clarinet <laughs> you know yeah. and it was like yeah. and, and then there were other people that were disappointed it wasn't sort of more what you know it wasn't wilder it wasn't more free yeah because yeah. it wasn't just a straight ahead jazz gig but it yeah. wasn't you know trad jazz I mean jazz is just a such a trap of yeah. a genre yeah, yeah to call something jazz yes um like yeah. to me jazz that most people call jazz it's a Jazz of a certain time. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's um, yes. Yeah, well, know, it's at its best to go with the it's, it's a historical recreation yeah. of a style. To, yeah. to me, it's oh, it's best to go with the eras and an explanation of it. I think. Yeah, you I know, think you have to like like we yeah. for Gavin's Magic we yeah. have the Royal New Zealand um, Air Force Jazz Orchestra, and I've described that as jazz classics. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think the longer description was you know swing dance the night away. So it's, yeah. it kind of gives the flavour of that that kind of jazz. Mm. Um, but then again, we've got so we've got the Mean Bones. Oh yeah, Ant um, Donaldson. So looking forward to that. Yeah, that yeah. That's gonna that's that's programming for my taste. Yeah, cool. Um, it's definitely not gonna be everyone's cup no, of tea. No, no. But they. But there'll be some nice surprises there. You know, there'll be people that will go along and oh, be like, yeah. "Whoa!" When it starts, and then like, "Man, I'm glad I got to see something like that." Cause yeah, it's great hope players so. doing great things. It's it's yeah. it's awesome bunch of musicians. Yeah. It's fresh yes. stuff. To to me, so they didn't use the word jazz in their description. I, I tried to get bands yeah, to yeah. describe to me as much yeah. as possible so yeah. I don't get it wrong. Um, but I think they called it shamanic um, <laughs> no <doubt>. jazz-damaged <laughs> voodoo grooves. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I think describes it well. Yeah. Um, but to me it's actually more what jazz is or, or, or yeah. I think jazz is yeah. basically a musical conversation right in that moment of time yep. with all of the musicians bringing their uh, influences and what they feel like saying at the time. So to me, 
jazz is musicians, there's, there's room for improvisation and stuff, and they're bringing... So these days it'll be hip-hop or this yeah. or that or whatever that particular musician influences yeah. is. And, and it is a conversation happening right in front of you up to date. Yeah, you know? yeah. So to me that's yeah. what jazz is. Yeah, for sure. And, and um, I, find the, I find it interesting jazz musicians calling themselves jazz musicians but they're actually recreating yeah. historical jazz. Yeah. It's yeah. not it's not incorporating other mm. influence which to me jazz that's kinda what it was at the beginning. It mm. was like people stretching the boundaries, having this musical conversation, creating something yeah, new. Yeah, it's become it's you know, the the definition of jazz has definitely become made it become a sort of museum music which yeah. it, which it actually t- technically is not exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, um, totally. So it's a it's a description that I always have a yeah. descriptor of the descriptor, you know, yeah, of yeah. what, what <laughs> yeah, yeah, type. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean... And guaranteed, your you, you, you bog-standard person that says, yeah, I don't like jazz, it generally means they haven't really listened to any, pretty much. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it's just... This was such a variety. It's too enormous to write off as... You yeah. know, I totally understand why it might not be to a person's taste, but... There's yeah. always something within a genre that you can, yeah. and I think that goes for just yeah. about any genre yeah. music. Yeah. Um, there's always something that you can grab onto. <laughs> well, um, thanks for doing the work that you do because it's, you know, it's. I feel like you're you're doing work that's hugely rewarding, but for you and and obviously for 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 people that go and take in these shows, but it probably teeters on the slightly thankless seeming. In terms of the feedback you get, I know you. I know yeah. the, you know. I know these shows and the council do get positive feedback, but then no one personally thanks the people involved. Yeah, and the and I sort of expect that. I mean, I've, I've yeah. been around the scene that that's I've, what I say. It's, I it's got its own rewards. You, you're not waiting for it, but no, it, yeah, it you know, it's be, nice when it's nice. It's right? nice when, when it. it's expressed <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, in words yeah. or, or actually, but. I, part of the reason I make sure I go to every gig that I program and yeah. organise is to see how people react to it. Yeah. Um, partly, do I do this again? Have, you know, yeah, some, did I get it wrong? Did I get it wrong? How can I improve? How can I improve? I go yeah. to every gig and it's like, I'm already thinking, yeah, next yeah. year I'm going to, how can I improve this? I, yeah. I, I'm awful at being able to just enjoy the gig as it is, yeah. but that's just me. Um, but part of it, you can totally get the vibe of people are happy with us, they're having an awesome time, you know, the smiles on people's faces, the kids yeah. um, just enthralled. Um, every time I put polyfiller on stage, yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I was one of the first people to use Drag Queen as a kid's host. Mm. We're going back to the New Year's Eve gigs um, the first time round. Mm. Um, I had Polly Filler as hostess, you know, yeah. a few times. Yeah. And this was way before, you know, RuPaul, Drag yeah, Race, yeah, you know, yeah. wasn't in yeah. mainstream. And it was pretty risky for a local authority yeah. Yeah. to stick a drag queen, um, you know, just for the kids' countdown yeah, yeah. and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. But the, there and the sound show, the biggest reactions were yeah. from 
12 to 13 year old girls, 11 to 12, you know, like this massive Barbie doll on stage and yeah, yeah, um, yeah. just seeing their faces and they don't care if it was a drag queen or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. From my point of view, as long as it's not wasn't sleazy or, or, yeah, or yeah, yeah. there was no sexual innuendos yeah, 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 or anything yeah, yeah. like that, it was yeah. just plain good old entertainment. Yeah. Um, so going along to things like that and seeing kids' faces light up um, you know they're enthralled, especially these days. Not they're not looking at a screen and yeah. they're um, being massively entertained. Yeah. To me, that's that's such a reward. That's really what keeps me doing it. Yeah. So that and and also having been in it so long, I've seen the second generation of performers. You know, like my Ellie Manzins, yeah, or, you yeah, know, yeah. first time round. You know, he was, <laughs> he was running around, you know, yeah. little, little dude. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I do have Sam coming back from the so- showcase nights um, uh, yeah. this year as yeah. well. Um, but yeah, second generation, that second generation of technicians. So, yeah, um, and so performers, technicians, you know, they're yeah. up to the second generation, yeah. uh, which yeah. is pretty. For me, it's like, oh well, these gigs didn't put them off. Yeah, yeah. Doing that, <laughs> maybe it inspired, and and some of the um, musicians like Hans Puckett we've mm. got this year, mm. and you know, he was saying Ollie was saying um, one of the first things they saw when they got to Wellington was the Gardens Magic gig, and they, you know, yeah, really kind of inspired by that, and um, yeah, so many times I've heard from performers recently that. They've been going to those gigs for years, and that's part of the reason they became a musician, or, or you, yeah, you know, yeah. it's sort of yeah. spite they've grown up with it. Yeah. Uh, so I feel quite that's rewarding, and I also feel very responsible as well yeah, yeah, to yeah. make sure all sorts of role models of a high quality, worthy yeah. of the capital city, um, are there for to relate to everyone. You mm. know. Mm. Well, you're doing good work, and the council's doing good work with them. And um, you know, they the attendances are strong, and uh, yeah, it's always always fun to get along to them. And you know, why would you turn your nose up at three weeks of options that don't cost you anything, right? Or that, yeah. or that I guess you're paying for if you, you know, whatever. Yeah, in I'd... some sense, you you know, over your life, you're paying for it when yeah, you yeah. when you make your contributions as you do. 